WTL, where's the line, Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Klassen, joined by Jabron. Oh, <laughs> the parlay pounder. You got it, we're back. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And yeah. this, this episode I've been waiting on, I think everybody's been waiting on for a long time. For sure. Because, of course, the UFC 291 stack yeah, card, stack top card. bottom. We're going to start there. Um, but then, of course... Bud Crawford. Bud. Terrence Crawford. And this is going to be the first time in like a half century there will be an undisputed welterweight champion. All four belts yeah. are on the line. And For we sure. got a we got a special guest. Yeah. We're gonna bring him up a little bit later here. Okay. But before we look ahead, maybe we should take a look back and okay. talk about some hits and misses that <laughs> we both had. Last week, and we'll start with that UFC fight night. Yeah, that fight night uh, over in England, the O2. Uh, everybody, we were on the hometown girls and yeah, guys, yeah. obviously, and and we split those down the middle. Molly McCann, neat ball came out, yeah. and you know she lost. We we were really high on her, but we knew yeah. it was kind of you know a, a shot in the dark that she would get back to her winning ways and everything. Right. But she lost. But we we really hit it, Andy, and where we really were adamant was. Tom Aspinall yeah. coming out and getting that knockout, which he did really yeah. quick in the first round. And, and a lot of the lines are kind of pointing towards that as like, Tom should dominate here. Yeah. But there's that huge question mark. He's coming off an injury, mm-hmm. but will he be able to complete it? And you said emphatically, yes, he will. Don't screw around with this. Don't mess this up. Yeah. Aspinall all the way. And man, did he put on a show. Yeah, for sure. And if you got in on that plus money with that knockout, it's just even oh. more sweeter. Yeah. And you said that. You said yeah. sprinkle some on there. For sure. So Miss Amakan, no meatball let us down yeah Tom Aspinall it's okay the, the back end and that was the feature event anyway yeah no so, doubt main event well let's stay right there with the UFC okay then. let's get right into 291 <clears throat> on the main card we got Stephen Thompson wonder boy wonder boy take it on Michelle Pereira uh this is a welterweight <clears throat> bout both of these guys are coming off wins you got a Brazilian taking off the wonder boy out of the United States of course and wonder boy after everyone dogging him you yeah. know a year ago two years ago for taking so much time off and does he still got it you know he's over 40 right <laughs> exactly only 40 uh he's a minus 165 favorite yeah exactly and he just came off on a very impressive win against Kevin Holland who's yeah. on this card as well Andy yeah. against another ranked opponent so you see how the UFC really likes him and really thought that Wonderboy win was a really really good win so yeah. like you said Wonderboy versus Pereira here I think this has major fight of the night potential, Andy. Oh, sure. Five years ago, this would have been the perfect matchup for Wonderboy. However, like you said, 40 years old, uh, this is going to be a battle at the highest level in the sport. The Brazilian, while you know he has really uncanny athleticism, Andy, mm-hmm. should be... This is going to be tough for Wonderboy to get done, but hmm. I think he should do enough to score points and avoid taking too much damage. I do got Thompson going down here by decision, so that ah. is what I want to put my money on is by decision for Wonderboy. For Wonderboy, uh, but it's going to go the distance. You think it's going to go all through? I, I think it's going to go the distance, and right now by decision. Uh, Wonder Boy is a plus one forty, which is you know pretty good odds still. But you can tell yeah. uh, the bookmakers really think that's probably the way it's going to go. You know, we we watched that fight together. We rented that UFC uh, pay per view where Wonder Boy took down Kevin Holland, and, by, and it was by TKO. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it surprised a lot of folks. You don't see that happening here. 
No, I, I, I really don't. I, th- I just think it's going to be a really, really good scrap. And the, these guys are warriors, and they're going to go the whole distance. The uh, main reason I'm thinking that, Andy, is because the over-under is at two and a half rounds. It's a three-round fight. Yeah. And that over is at minus 220. So there's not a lot of betting mm. you know, uh, juice there. You can tell that the uh, the bookmakers really think this is going to go the distance. Yeah, and uh, Piera has such great uh, takedown defense. Yeah, ninety four percent is the number the UFC website's thrown at. Yeah, us for sure, right here. Um, so you can see where this would go the distance, and I don't think Wonder Boy is going to let him take him down to the mat. He wants to stay up on his feet. Exactly. So I think you're going to see uh, two of the guys really try to enforce their will, like you always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're, you, these are two seasoned veterans yeah, that these know guys what are they want to get done. So I bet fight of the night. Fight of the night, I think. Could be fight of the night. All right. I like it. Give me Wonder Boy. Yeah. Let's move on up the card here. This is a fight that everybody is talking For about. For sure. And by the way, this UFC 291 is at the back at the Delta Center in Salt Lake City. The fun begins Going at to Utah. 9 Central Standard there Time. There it is. So be sure to look at that. <clears throat> uh, I bet that's... Every bit $85 a pay-per-view. Oh, for sure. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You got the powerful Poland, Jan Blakovich. Polish power. Yep, the number three contender in the world. Yeah. Uh, Taking on Alex Pereira, coming off a a tough loss there to Izzy. Yeah. He's still the number two ranked contender (laughs) uh, uh, in his uh, usual weight class here. But now he's moving to the light heavyweight here. Uh, This is going to be his first fight. This I think this is a coin flip across the board, and that's what I think the books are trying to tell us here. You have minus money bets on both guys here. Yeah, for sure, Andy, and that's what it is. Nobody knows anything about Alex Pereira at this weight class. It's yeah. just crazy. And it is kind of a, a really, really good kickboxer against uh, kind of a ground-and-pound, get-you-on-the-ground kind of guy with Yawn. Yeah. So, I mean— these these two guys are former champions in their respective weight classes, mm-hmm. but can Alex make the jump to light heavyweight is my biggest thing. Uh, I, I really just think Jan's going to be a little bit too big for him, and Blahovich is going to get him on the ground where yeah. he's going to have a huge, huge advantage. You know, and it rhymes, I get it, Poland power and all that stuff, and he is a powerful guy. I get it. Jan's yeah. a big dude, right? But what gets lost in that is his defense. I think his defense sure. uh, is, and by the numbers, they might be better than yeah. his striking abilities, but it's just he's known for that power. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think he's going to give Alex all he can handle and more, especially moving up in this weight class here. Uh, I think this is a really tough draw. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a great fight, but give me Jan on that money line. Yeah, for sure, Andy. And we've already seen this. Two years ago, Izzy tried to go up and get this double-double champ status as well. Against Mm -hmm. who? Jan Blahovich, when he was the reigning light heavyweight king. So I've already seen this story. I think it's going to go the same way. I, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that Pereira can knock him out if he gets the oh, chance to. Yeah, of course. But Jan, like you said, he's got the reach on him. He's got everything. He's going to get him down to the ground. He's going to bleed it out. Jan Blahovich is going to win this one. I think his defense will maybe negate some of that kickboxer. Exactly. You know. Uh, acumen that Alex Pereira has, and you know he is. He's a world-class kickboxer. For sure. But this is the UFC, right? Yeah, and everybody's going to look at us and say, well, Blahovich, he's older too. He's at 40. Uh, Pereira's only a few years younger than him (laughs) and has been through it all. You know, Alex Pereira's been through kickboxing, boxing, (laughs) UFC. (laughs) So uh, there's a lot of tread on the tires for both these guys, but uh, these are past champions. It's going to be a good fight. You know, and just looking back to that uh, that fight with Izzy that Pereira's coming off of, 
I mean, I don't even know how Izzy was able to come back. From that. Crazy! It, it looked like Alex had him right no where doubt. he wanted him. Was no starting doubt. to you know just grind him up against the mm-hmm. the cage, and I don't know. Izzy just like flipped a switch and I said, "Nope, not this time." Gave, gave him a kick. Yeah, got, got one in there, and <laughs> got it was one in enough. there. All right, should we move on up? Let's the court? do it. Let's do the main event. Oh my God, this fight has the entire MMA community for buzzing sure. and buzzing for good reason. This is going to be a lot of fun. Dustin, the Diamond Poirier, yep. taking on the highlight. Justin Gaethje, I think I wanted to say that's your guy, but both of these guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I love both of these guys. Obviously, everybody loves these guys. <laughs> this is for the BMF title. Uh, you lightweight, know, lightweight bout. Exactly. Lightweight bout. Uh, you know, their first fight back in 2018 is a legendary lightweight division fight. Uh, I think it's probably the best one ever seen between these two. It was fight of the year in 2018, yeah. and uh, ESPN's been playing it on replay, <laughs> yeah. and I've watched it. I watched it a couple of times. You just get sucked in and glued to it. So much was happening in that fight. Yeah, I mean, I think these guys took years off of their life in this fight. <laughs> it was actually it was crazy. They might have. In the end, the Louisiana native Poirier took it down. Yep. It was a little bit too much for the you know uh, World Series of Fighting champion uh, Gaethje. Both men are much improved from that too, Andy. I know. This is how this is how crazy this sport is. That the fight of the year in 2018, these guys come back back to each other to lock up for the BMF title, and they're both better. Poirier's coming off huge wins off of mm-hmm. obviously Connor, and then yeah. his in, uh, and then his last one. But Gaethje, if you look, <laughs> he has four losses, Andy. Yeah, and his four losses are to all champions. Yeah. You know, most of all being Dustin Poirier, you know, interim champion, uh, Khabib champion. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy that yeah. these guys are just cream of the crop. Yeah, and and as you mentioned, as far as getting better, Gaethje, the highlight, he got that name because he would be wild and crazy earlier in his yeah. career. Now he's much more disciplined, much more upright. For sure. He still does the fun stuff, oh, the yeah. back swings. He's still and all the those, best. You know, all that stuff. To watch. Uh, but it's a little bit more buttoned up, and it really was – it was – it almost was like a test of Gaethje saying, I'm going to do what I do well, and that is kick. I'm going yep. to kick your legs, and you're going to see if you'll be able to stand it. Mm-hmm. And Dustin could stand it just enough where he got that left jab yep. in there but, uh, in round four yep. uh, back in 2018. So it was like the jab versus the kick, <clears throat> yeah. and the jab prevailed. I don't know if that's going to happen this time around. Yeah, for sure. Dustin Poirier is probably the best boxer in the UFC. I believe quick, quick hands. Quick hands, all that kind of stuff. Max Holloway is the only one that really comes to mind when I'm thinking about boxing, him and Poirier. Uh, Poirier's, by the way, he I have him at a minus one forty five yeah. favorite compared to Gaethje, who's a plus one twenty. So it's not out of line. No, it's not like out this, of line. I think this is kind of a coin flip, like we talked about the last one. Exactly, Andy. And I really think Poirier is going to put a beating on Gaethje again. But this time around, the former interim champ will he won't give in, and I think he's going to get a late revenge knockout on Poirier. Oh. I'm going with the highlight <laughs> TKO. Give me the highlight. Give me Gaethje. No, I would. No, I can't even say it. I, I'd love to say it, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm still on the diamond. I I just there think you go. that uh, his boxing acumen and he's going to be able to stay upright. And Justin will also play into that. Yeah, I think Poirier, as you mentioned, his defense has gotten a lot better. He's not gonna, he's not going to let that right leg get swelled up and beaten up like he did that last bout. For sure, it was almost a like just both men were just willing themselves to do what they do great, and yeah. Poirier just outlasted them just a little bit there. Uh, in that fourth round, this is going to be a banger all the way. Uh, I like Dustin in a coin flip. You you have the highlight. I got the highlight. The only reason I'm saying that, Andy, is because Justin Gaethje is sitting there to win by KO at plus two twenty five. I think it's a really really 
a really, really good play for the value, which is something that could majorly happen in this fight with his uh, the the way he knocks people out. No doubt. He he can get those kicks up high, too. He yeah, can, no doubt. He, he can do that. No, <laughs> you, you heard the horn there. A uh, little bit of a teaser here. We're talking UFC. Then yeah. we're going to head up to Vegas for this next segment. Yeah. Talking Bud Crawford, taking on Errol Spence Jr. Yep. This could be the fight of, what would you say, the, the century? century? Yeah. yeah. I mean, all four welterweight uh, belts. belts are on the line here, and we got a guest, Jimmy Allen of the After Hour Show on 1620 The Zone um, out of Omaha. He's going to be sitting ringside yeah. covering this, so he's going to be on media row there. So That's awesome. When I heard that, I'm like, Jimmy, you're my boy. We got to get you on this week's WTL, and he's a little bit of a D-Gen, too. He'll admit that. For sure, yeah. So we're going to be right back with Jimmy Allen talking Bud Crawford, Errol Spence Jr. Don't go anywhere. This is... W-T-L. And welcome back, everybody, to W-T-L. Where's the line? I'm your host, Andy Klassen. We got a big-time guest here, a return <laughs> guest, Jimmy the Geek, not the Greek, Alan. How you doing, Jimmy? Hey, man, I'm fantastic. We're uh, getting amped up for, for Big Ten Media Days this week. And then, obviously, the uh, the big ticket item, uh, Terrence Crawford, finally gets a fight that he's been looking for for the last six years in Errol Spence Jr. and, and getting ready to get out to, head out to Vegas uh, Thursday morning. Yeah, and this is just fantastic. Your show, After Hours, is going to be ringside live, uh, Showtime pay-per-view. Um, it's 7 Central Standard Time from the T-Mobile Arena. This is the big ticket fight that Crawford's always been after. Um, you've got to be excited. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta thank my good friend Terrence for saving me eighty-five dollars in a pay-per-view buy. So, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So we, uh, we'll get there Thursday about eleven a.m. and then uh, we'll be at Fight Row. So we'll be talking to Crawford, Spence, anybody uh, in the game. Uh, obviously, yeah. the undercard guys. We're excited about all of it and. and uh, obviously, T-Mobile Arena being being a new venture and right there around, uh, you know, MGM Grand and, and New York, New York should be a pretty good time, too. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a great time. You you know that. And I call you Jimmy the Geek because Jimmy the Greek's already been taken and you got a, a, a professional career in IT. So I say it in the most I doubt, I doubt. way. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. So talking about the sports betting line, it's really been on the move here. I'll, I'll get some graphics up here. Um, but when I made this, Crawford was a 155, minus 155 favorite. I've already seen it move to 190. Errol Spence went from a plus 130 to a plus 140. And we're just talking a couple hours here uh, earlier in the week where we're seeing this type of movement. Yeah, you know me. I like to check multiple sources. And, and, and right now, Circus Sportsbook has Bud as a minus 158. Uh, and, and then FanDuel has him as a minus 146. The biggest movement, though, has, has been on Spence and, and if you're an Errol Spence fan watching this, it's not, it's not near benefit. I mean, uh, he's dropped on FanDuel from, from, from plus 105 all the way up to plus 116. So yeah. it, it really feels like after Oscar De La Hoya's comment yesterday about the, the talent level on Crawford's side of things being the far superior that the, the betting the betting folks in Vegas have listened and, and the sharp money has started to come in on, uh, on the hometown kid from Omaha. And you really are seeing a couple of fan bases divided here, and that's to be expected, right, where a lot of people from Nebraska, Omaha, they're all Bud Crawford. People from the Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas area, they're all Errol Spence, whether it's Dallas Cowboys weighing in or whatever the case may be. And there's a, you know, a good argument to be had on both sides. Combined, they're 67-0 with 52 knockouts between these two fighters. 
Um, I think the only bugaboo with Crawford that people are uh, talking about is maybe he's not as big um, and maybe he's not as powerful, but I, then you can switch it over and say, well, yeah, but Bud Crawford has got a few more tools in his toolbox. Most notably, he can fight from either stance. Yeah, and, and I, I think the one interesting thing, back to your point about Dallas and, and the national uh, outlook on this, is it, the weird part about this is you would expect the kid from the Dallas, New York, Philadelphia, with Spence moving around as much as he has areas, to kind of have more of the national spotlight. Um, and that's not really the case. It, it's, it really feels like he kind of has his niche group of those big markets, and then the rest of the country has kind of followed Terrence Crawford, and it helps that Bud's been the pound-for-pound pound number one ranked fighter or in the top five for the, for the last five years, where Errol Spence is just more recently in those five years creeped up in, into, into, that, into that realm. But um, yeah, to, to your point though, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting for me personally, when, when I get to radio row on Thursday to see how the national perspective is. Cause obviously when you're in the bubble that we are in Omaha, that it, it's kind of yeah. hard to see, uh, out, outside of it, but from everything I'm seeing online and all the talking heads that I've heard, it really feels like the national media is on Crawford. Dude. Yeah. And that, that's interesting in its own right. Cause Crawford's a little bit older. Um, and he's had to work his way up from lightweight to super lightweight. He has had seven bouts now at welterweight. And, oh, by the way, he's 7-0 with seven KOs. So that yeah. talk about power, if you really look at some of these numbers, uh, I don't think Bud Crawford and Crawford fans are too worried about that. Well, and, and, and when you look at who they've fought, he, like when, when you look at the guys that they've both fought, Crawford's fought, finished more of those guys too. and. and it, it really, I mean, there, there was no, there was no dividends about it, right? I mean, when, when he made the jump up from 140, it was Errol Spence, but I'll beat whoever I have to get to get to Errol Spence. And, and, right. and we're, we're hearing that th this fight may have not have happened six months ago because coin flips about who's coming out first and, and, and petty things like that. But when you, when you're talking yeah. about, the best of the best. I mean, that stuff matters. I mean, when, when we turn on our TV and we see them walk into the ring, it, it's it's a guy walking around, uh, walking into the ring with guys holding belts up behind him. But as somebody that's been standing there while that's happened, there's so much happening behind the scene that you have to prepare throughout the day when you're walking out. So it's not a matter of I want my music to hit first and, and I want to be seen yeah. last, or I'm the champion and I need to be respected. It, it's I my routine is this and this is how I would like my day to go. So when I get in the ring, nothing else matters, because when, you, when you're talking about guys at the level of Errol Spence, you're talking about the guys at the level of Terrence Crawford. There's so much happening within their camp behind the scenes. I know we when we see them shadow boxing or hitting pads on TV, it looks like people are just standing around. No, those are immediate people. And those those are family members and tickets are being taken care of. And, and, and we're making sure there's enough water and coolers and, and things of that nature. And that matters when you walk to the ring. So I know a lot of people made, and I'm I'm defending Spence here as a Crawford guy. I'm defending Spence here, and I know a lot of people threw shade at him for 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 that, putting that in the contract or whatever you may have it. But it is a big deal to those guys. Now, now for the fight itself, and we're talking about the contract. The most interesting thing to me is the fact that the rematch clause has been put in already. It, that's in the contract for a second fight, and if yeah. you're Guys like us, and, and we're looking at, at these lines, if if you're Bud Crawford and you want this to be the last one, if, 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 if you want to have your swan song in the desert and, and leave T-Mobile Arena and, and maybe be done with boxing, 
it is in your best interest to come out and finish this fight early. Um, I you, you talked about Bud's ability to fight switch side, and, and in the last couple of fights, we haven't seen him do that. We've seen him come out southpaw and finish things early. But in my opinion, he's the best counter fighter of all time because he does have the ability to lose the first two rounds fighting uh, orthodox style and then come out and switch to a southpaw and finish things in a quick manner. I don't think that's going to happen on Saturday. I expect him to come out. It, Errol Spence knows what's coming. And, and, and I think if Bud throws the curveball and comes out uh, southpaw to start things out, I think he has the ability to maybe finish the fight sooner rather than later. And I think that's in his best interest. That That's an interesting take because you were at the last fight in Omaha. We were at the last fight against Jose Benavides, another fight where the belts were on the line. Uh, yeah. And it felt like Crawford did his usual thing where he just kind of felt him out the first two, three, maybe even four rounds. And that's where all of our bets were placed. At. Was he going to get the KO in five? four or in round six and of course he got it in round six um yeah you think he's gonna uh, come out kind of firing on this one so <laughs> with all due respect to those last two guys um <laughs> here we go <laughs> those 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 were tune-up fights and there was a play to the crowd there i mean uh it, when 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 bud took the last fight he he knew that there was a really good chance that that was the last time he was going to fight in omaha and he wanted to make sure that everybody at home and everybody that paid for a ticket there got their money's worth and, and got to see him at his prime for longer than maybe we saw him against the Julius and Dongo. Um, uh, I don't know if you know this at home, but fighters don't get paid by the hour. They get paid by the fight. And uh, I, I, I don't expect, I don't expect a methodical slow down, figure him out type of pace. There's enough film on Errol Spence that you know what you're getting. And yeah. Unfortunately for Errol Spence, there's enough film on Bud Crawford that, that you, you know what you're getting. And I think that you made the point about the power game a little bit ago. And I think that's just such mm-hmm. a misconception because of how big Errol's body is and, and what his makeup is. Yeah, Terrence purposely doesn't do that. He trains in Colorado to get rid of the bull. There's an intention mm-hmm. there. The power game is there. It, it may not look like it when and how often does sports guys use the, the, the guy you get off the bus, that you let get off the bus first uh, approach. Yeah. But Go ask Julius Ndongo's liver about Terrence Crawford's <laughs> power. And, and, and I, I I don't think there's going to be much of a debate. Yeah, and I, I think that debate can kind of be put to rest. And I think it's been intentional. All seven welterweight bouts of Crawford since he's moved up to 147, they've all ended in a KO or a stoppage of some sort. And I think he's sending a message there. Uh, flipping back to uh, Spence Jr., he had a very impressive last fight as well against Jordani's Ugas, um, and that came yeah. as a stoppage. So I, I think there's a lot to be made. And he's also a southpaw, so that a little bit of a curveball, but you got to feel that Bud Bud's ready for this. Well, and, and, and back to back to their fight comparisons. I mean, when you look at like a guy like Sean Porter and Kel Brook, who have both fought Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. Yeah, Kel Brook had Errol Spence on the ropes for a little bit, and, and, yes. and that that power that Kel Brook has didn't really waver Terrence Crawford a whole lot. Sean Porter is, is a guy that people really expected to give Bud Crawford a, a run for his money because of him taking Errol Spence the distance. Right. And, and, and say what you want about the comments from, from Sean Porter's father about throwing in the towel and look what I did for you. And no, your son was in a bad, bad way. And, and yeah. it was painfully obvious. If you didn't stop it, somebody else uh, was, was going to. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I hate to put it this way, but I, I throw the, the David Adebayo fight out the window. I mean, that's 
that was what it was. But it, it's and, and the same thing with the Benavidez fight. But um, when you look at really one of the only times that 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 Bud's been in, in trouble was against Jeff Horn, and I think that's a benefit uh, for mm-hmm. Terrence because the question's always been, what does Bud Crawford look like when he's out in deep water and, and does get rocked? Well, we've seen it. And he right. came back and finished the fight. So um, I, I, I really think that if we're looking at the body of work and, and, and being comp- compared side by side, I think it's Terrence Crawford by mile. Yeah, you're going, you're going butt all the way here. And that, that Porter fight, that is the only one. There's a the horns where we're a little up against it here. But that was the only fight between these two fighters that actually went the distance and went to a split decision. Otherwise, it's been all KOs and all unanimous decisions here. Four belts on the line here, Jimmy. The WBA, IBF, the WBC, and WBO. This will be a true undisputed welterweight champion. Do you got your eye on any of those prop bets, like a KO in the seventh round, a KO in the sixth round? Are you just going straight, Terrence, with the win? Uh, no, I, I, I'm sticking to my gun here. My, my wallet's backing me up. I've, I've got money invested on Terrence Crawford finishing this in the fifth round. Um, oh, wow. I, th- I, I think it's in his best interest. I, I think it's going to be a concentrated effort from his camp for Brian McIntyre and those guys to come out and, and put the pace on Terrell Spencer or uh, Errol Spencer early because we haven't seen what it looks like when Errol Spence gets taken out to the deep water against a fighter of this level in his prime. And, and I really don't. I don't think most importantly, I don't think Errol Spence knows how he's going to respond to that type of pressure. And I think, I think Terrence has got a strong enough chin. If, if Errol does put him on the spot and, and make some strong connections early that he can regroup later in the fight too. So I, I think it's all, all Terrence Crawford's advantage to not take the slow pace and come out and press it early. Absolutely. Love that. Take Jimmy. Thank you so much for joining us on WTL. Thanks buddy. I appreciate it. We'll get together when I get back to Vegas. There we go. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. Welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by Jabron. Oh, yeah, the parlay. (laughs) Yes. Hounder. We're back. Now, what did you think of old Jimmy Allen there talking Bud Crawford, Errol Spence Jr.? I mean, that's just really awesome stuff. The yeah. the fact that he gets to be on, you know, just ringside there doing this stuff, it, yeah. it's a that would be a dream come true for me. And I agree. Everything that he said, I'm taking Crawford by TKO as well. So, uh, like him in the th- fifth round? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get cr- that crazy, but Terrence Crawford by KO right now is at plus 270, and that's probably what I'm throwing my money on. That's a pretty good one. I, I like that as well, and I'm just going to go with Jimmy. As- <clears throat> I'm getting I'm getting in on it, too. The Do it. Fifth round, what would you say, plus 4,000? Plus 4,000 right now. So <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Find it at your sports book and do it. There we go. Oh, come on, bud. Just come on, bud. Here we I go. I just want him to win. Uh, <laughs> I really I, do. I do too. So we're gonna shift gears a little bit yeah. here, though, to finish things off. We're gonna talk. <clears throat> we've been talking divisions in the NFL. Yeah. A lot of futures, a lot of over unders are coming out and getting refined a little bit here. We're starting to see some movement as we always do. We're gonna talk AFC East. The East. Uh, and let's just start at the bottom and work our way up once again. Yeah, the I mean, the team that used to control the top, Andy, yeah. is now at the bottom for a third straight year, or maybe a fourth straight year, if yeah. if I'm thinking back right. But 
the Patriots were sitting there right now. Uh, they're they're lying to win the division as a plus seven fifty right now, Andy. And their over under win total during the year is at seven and, and a half. Yeah. So it, it, it's crazy to see the Patriots, but I I can't I can't lie. I like seeing it. I, I, I think you're along with all casual NFL fans yeah. and, and NFL fans of anyone other than the Patriots. Like, you had your run. You had your time. It was unfair. You dominated a division for basically 20 years. <laughs> 20. You had three coaches, just a revolving door, because you're getting everyone fired in yep. that division, whether it be in Miami, <laughs> New York, whatever. They and just plus cook. your assistant's revolving door, because yep. they're going down head coaching jobs and getting fired and coming back. And Yeah. yeah so it, it, it's it, was, been, it was a dynasty for sure. It was lightning in a bottle for 20 years which is an oxymoron right i believe but you also got caught cheating like seven eight and then whatever times <laughs> we'll, we'll throw a little shade at the old no Patriots. Doubt. they had it coming but yeah the, here <laughs> now they're at a plus 700 and they should be mac jones had a quite a regression last yeah, for year sure. uh, 14 touchdowns to 11 interceptions after a really good promising rookie year yeah um and then he kind of faded i think what happened to him the film caught up to him teams were ready for him the second and third fourth time around yeah no doubt and you know i do believe in this team is you know no more than a decent quarterback season away from you know a true to division title contender yeah. but you know the elite offenses in the AFC East that we're going to be talking about I think yeah. is just thoroughly better than this offense right. uh, one one stat I wanted to give you Andy on uh, the Patriots is the New England Patriots were 7 and 0 in games last year when its opponents would score fewer than 20 points they were 1 and 9 nice. in games when the defense surrendered more than 20 they had a really good defense last year but if they gave up over 3 touchdowns they're not winning the game not at all. And I'm looking at a little write-up here, and they're looking at key players and not one single receiver's on yeah, the, and this is a passing league. You got to help Mac Jones out. You do. It's just, it's just not. You got to Belichick. You got to bring in Moss. You got to do. You got to do it. Yep. You, you got to <laughs> find another. You got to just do find it. another. Randy yeah, Moss. just get <laughs> Justin Jefferson. But no, another key stat I want to throw in: New England has gone seven and nine, ten and seven, and eight and nine in the three years since Tom Brady's left. Yeah. Obviously, that's the key. They these guys won't sniff the division. I think they will sniff that. That over that, under at that seven and a half. Seven and a half. It'll be close. Yeah, it will be close. I don't like this team enough to bet on the over, so I'm going to stay away from it. I would stay away as well if I had to bet it. You <laughs> yeah. know, I would go under. I really would. Uh, some yeah. of the guys I've been hearing, they think the ceiling's six games for the Patriots. Yeah. And when you start to look at this division, it makes a little it's tough. sense. It's tough. So let's move on up. For sure. Let's talk about the fish, the dolphins. The dolphins. Miami, Miami, Miami. Yeah, Miami, welcome Miami. to Miami. There we go. <laughs> uh, Tua, he strings together some really nice games and you really start to believe for sure but as everyone knows the bugaboo is can he stay healthy yeah phenomenal season last year over 35 100 yards 25 touchdowns and only eight interceptions but even then he got dinged up a little bit yeah uh knocked out of the game a couple times andy yeah key staff for miami is they went seven and four last year and games were uh tua entered and exited healthy yeah so they are a very very good team when that happens when he's out it's tough. You can't be starting Skylar Thompson, you know, in a playoff yeah, no, game no. and thinking yeah. that it's going to work out for you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins are moving all in by taking huge contracts and trading for stars. You I know? like it. And they also have a brilliant young head coach. I, I'm not, you know, I, I think he's really good, Mike McDaniel. Yeah, but he's something. <laughs> if Tagovailoa misses time, 
we've seen it. We've seen it with yeah. all these teams that build up yeah. this talent. Look at the San Francisco 49ers last yeah. year. Yeah. Probably the best overall team in the entire NFL. Didn't have a quarterback. They lose. Yeah. Yeah, and you're and so you're one injury away, but you do see a path here for them to win it. They're at a plus two ninety right now, uh, nine and a half over under, uh, and I think they probably have the best top two receivers. Well, Cincinnati might have something to say about that, but Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, uh, both guys went over uh, thirteen hundred yards yeah. last year, so you gotta like that. They got a lot of good things going for them. Let's move on up real quick, though. Yeah, uh, the Buffalo Bills are obviously the favorites, but I want to talk about the Jets. Let's Everybody's talk about the talking Jets. About the Jets. Yeah, they're at a plus two fifty to win the division, a nine and a half over under, just like the Dolphins. And you start to look at that, it's like, well, not everybody can win ten games here. Not everybody can, Andy, <laughs> and that and that's that's why it's so crazy. The New York Jets are at plus two fifty, and Miami's at a plus new two ninety. So they're sitting right there, yeah. neck and neck, yep. because yep. that's the way it should be. Um, a crazy stat that I really looked at with the Jets last year, mm-hmm. six of the Jets' ten losses came in one-score games, and that's without Aaron Rodgers. They have a great defense. They have a great – They have a, yeah. And they have a bunch of young players that are really, really wanting to win this. So the talent is there, Andy. And if if anything proves right, if if Rodgers has people around him that can you know really go, he's going to take him Garrett, pretty far. You've already seen all these videos come out of Garrett Wilson tearing it up in practice and how – Aaron Rodgers is just dropping it in on yep. the diamond. People in New York, especially Jets fans, are like, oh, my God, that pass went right to his hands. <laughs> like, where, where his hands were at. Yeah. It's like, well, that's what, well, that's what he does. That's what NFL talented quarterbacks <laughs> are supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson, he can't. He has a smile on his face from ear to ear right now. I expect a big season from him. I think Brees Hall is going to have another big For season. For sure. I think he's going to become more of a pass-catching threat, obviously. It has to be. Um, I, I, I really like the Jets here. Um, not only – um, to win the division, I won't go that far, but maybe. Mm-hmm. But I like their over under. I think they can get ten wins. I think the over on nine and a half is the way to go here. Yeah, exactly, Andy. And I was just gonna, you know, point to that that nine and a half wins. I really think it's a good bet for the Jets because I really think they are going to take take down the Patriots twice. I really do think that. Uh-huh. And then I, I think they split with the other two teams. I really think that they're yeah. going to be able to do that in this division. And I just want to throw it out there. The Jets' last Pro Bowl quarterback was Brett Favre. Another ex-Green Bay Packer in 2008. And guess what? They went 9-7 and seven that year, so they're right on the line. <laughs> I'll, and I'll tell you what. It worked for Tampa Bay. It did. It worked for the L.A. Rams. It did. Will it work for the Jets? All signs kind of point towards yes. You got a young, talented defense, and you got some really good offensive pieces. Yeah. And the, where you might have had some holes, Aaron Rodgers is like, well, you're coming over, you're coming over, and the Jets are just like, fine, do it. Do it. We'll do it. No, the the real thing with the Jets is that they looked at their season last year, and they had all this young talent on there. They just needed a leader. They needed a quarterback. Yep. They got their guy. I, I would say Aaron Rodgers is an okay quarterback. Being a Bears <laughs> He's fan. all right. He's still in Chicago. I think. He's still the owner of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the favorites here. That is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Plus 130. 10.5 wins is their over-under. I like them both here. I think a lot of people get caught up in talking about the Dolphins because they're fun. They got some new guys. The talking offense about is the awesome. Jets. Yeah, all the those offense things. is fun. Um, and, and Buffalo, what they add? Well, they didn't need to add anything. Okay, <laughs> no. they are uh, at the top of this division. I think they will be once again. Josh Allen, people throw shade at him, saying, "Oh, he turns the ball over." I don't know. I mean, thirty-five touchdowns to fourteen picks last year. Yeah, give me that all every day, all day. every. 
every over four thousand yards. Every team in the history of the NFL would take that, yeah. no matter what. No, uh, it, it just gets. It, it's kind of like the Patriots, like we we're just talking. Yeah. It, it kind of gets tiring talking about a winning team all the time. Yeah. Buffalo Bills are definitely still the best team in this division. I'm not saying that the Jets or the Dolphins can't make a run at it, yeah. but this line at plus one thirty, if, if that's where it's at, it is is correct. And the ten and a half wins for Buffalo, that's an easy, easy. one. Yeah. Throw throw that out the window. Put money on that right now. They are getting over 11 wins. Even if Josh Allen gets hurt, and uh, okay, ooh, they're offensive line, but he's a mobile quarterback, you know, and he's he's gotten a lot better at protecting himself. They still have a good enough defense and offensive weapons with Stephon Diggs, yep. a new a young running back that started to emerge last year. They can still get to 11 wins. Like I can still see them doing that. And here's where people get uh, tripped up. You start talking about Josh Allen, and they yep. start comparing him to Joe Burrow. They start comparing him to, uh, Pat. to Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. They're not in his division. Yeah, The Buffalo Bills are still going to win this AFC East. Yeah, they, they should. Of course they are. They got the best quarterback right now. For sure. Buffalo has won an average of 12.3 games over the last three seasons and has go. never won fewer than 11 during that same stretch. Mm-hmm. Like you said, aside from injury to Allen— I, I do believe everybody's talking the Edmonds, uh, you know, letting him go to Chicago and all that is a big thing on their defense. But right. I, it, it will be. He's a re, he's a really good player, but they got Von Miller. They they got other pieces that can pick up the slack there. And Josh they, Allen is the best player in the AFC East, and that's where you need to look at it. Stephon Diggs, still uh, uh, one of the top five receivers right. in the league. They're going to be up there. They're getting this ten and a half wins. I think they take the division as well. That's another argument that I'm hearing against Buffalo. Is, oh, who's the number two receiver? Who cares? Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, who who cares? <laughs> doesn't uh, matter. And Gabe will take the top off the defense. They got the pieces. They got the and pieces. It doesn't matter. It really. Uh, people said the same thing about Kansas City last year. Oh, Tyreek Hill's gone. No, no deep threat. Yeah, right. Patrick Mahomes is going to make it work. Josh Allen is going to make it work as well. And if you're going to play that, well, what, what if Von Miller gets hurt? You could do that with everybody else in the division team. Everybody in the Don't give me the injury. And guess game. what? They won the division by four and a half games last year, so there you go. <laughs> well, that'll about do it for us this week, folks. Be sure to follow us on ESPN, Tri-City Radio's there, Facebook page there. We're on Twitter. That Twitter handle's growing. Yeah. But our YouTube channel. I got to thank everybody. We are right at 2,000 subscribers yeah. right now. And we please have, subscribe. Yeah, please do. And, and thank you to everyone that has subscribed and is supporting the channel and yeah. watching our short videos. We're having a lot of fun with that. And also, those uh, daily free picks over on TikTok. Yeah. They're all over. Get them home. TikTokers out there. For Joe Braun, the par, lay, pounder. I'm Andy Klassen. Thank you for listening. This has been WTL.